This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Uh, welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. My name's Nick Howell, and I've been completely defeated. Uh, this is episode 190. On uh, this day, f- I see clearly everything is called to life. Roll your dreams. Come on, man. Can I, can I, Get can into I, can it. I, can I, can I, I am sorry and dangerous. <laughs> you think you know me. Welcome to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Here we are, Nick. It's We are going to be running down Worlds Collide. And my God, the Royal Rumble. What a show. What a show, Nick. Wow. What a show. Oh, wow. oh my goodness. Wow, wow, can I, wow. Can I get a Here do-over? Here we are. Welcome, everybody. Can, Welcome can, everybody I, can I get a do-over? Can you, no, you can't get a do-over. There oh. are no do-overs. There's no do-overs in wrestling. It's live, baby. It's all live. We're we live, do it live. <laughs> we do it live. Yes, sir. Here we are in the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everyone who watched the show with us on our Discord chat. Welcome to all of our patrons. Welcome to everybody else. We love you all. Thank you so much for joining us today. My goodness, we have a lot to talk about, Nick. There were some strong predictions from yours truly and from you as well on this show. And my God, there was some going down in flames on this one. We get to talk about that. We have to talk about our brand new patron pick'em champion. We've got to talk about the madness that was the Royal Rumble. And we also had NXT Worlds Collide, which was a great show and almost kind of got... When was the last time an NXT show got swept under the rug by a WWE show? A well, I can't remember show. ever. I can't. Uh, like we're, we're so attuned at this point to takeovers or the night before shows, whatever they are, just blowing the previous show out of water that we're like, well, good luck living up to that main roster <gasps> show. They oh did it goodness. this time, folks. They, they, they did absolutely it, did it. Yes, but Nick, okay, we, we have to do this. We got to do our housekeeping first. I know. <sighs> Deep breaths. Woo-saw. saw We're going to do some housekeeping. We're going to talk about these shows. We're going to talk about the pickums. We're going to talk about it all, ladies and gentlemen. We have a lot to discuss, but Nick, give them that housekeeping. Yes, sir. Guys, always come over and join us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open over there. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. Thank you guys for showing up this weekend. It was an absolute blast having everybody there in chat and in Discord and on Facebook. Just across the board. You put Sheriff McDonald to work a little bit, a few of you, and you know who you are. And you know what? I honestly, like, yeah, no spoilers. Don't do spoilers. 
but I don't blame you. My God, that was some good stuff. <sighs> anyway, uh, definitely. You'll, if, in case you uh, didn't get the message previously, uh, we do have oh. a Discord server, and you can find it if you're watching on YouTube in the description below. You can find it in the description on Orbital Jigsaw of this episode. And you can also find it pinned across our social media profiles. But that is the place to be. Very big up-and-coming wrestling community. We love having people doing live chats all throughout the week for every single show across all promotions. Definitely make sure you get into our Discord. You can also find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, streaming live right here on YouTube every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Hey, guys, we're on that race to 1,000 subscribers, and we really need your help it unlocks all the really cool functionality so please make sure you subscribe to our channel and jiggle that little notification bell if you want to come and hang out with the rest of the phenomenal ones in the live chat as we record these episodes and thank you guys for all of your support Really appreciate it. Speaking of which, if you'd like to support the show even more, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO, throw a few bucks in the tip jar, sign up for one of our exclusive reward tiers. Uh, you know, all of our patron pickums that just participated in the patrons pickums challenge for just $5 a month, you can get in on some of that too. And they're going to get paid because Nick Ooh, and Surrey and they just done messed up. We uh, <laughs> Woo! Y'all gonna get oh some goodies. God. So anyway, all that merch going out this week because almost all of you, for the first time in BWO history, beat both of us. Yeah. Uh, except for a couple of you. Beat both hosts. And so you guys are gonna get some goodies in the mail, some exclusive merch. Thank you guys for being patrons. And if you'd like to go over and support the show, patreon.com slash BWO. Bonus episodes, Skype calls, sweet swag, all kinds of good stuff over there and it is the best way to support the show keeps this machine running and uh keeps us that's how we do it without ads guys is we depend on you guys so thank you guys for showing up shout out to all the phenomenal ones in the patrons you guys showed up today in the chat look at you guys oh, go man that is awesome the pickums i i just have to say like i do the spreadsheet guys i'm a math nerd all right i do formulas and i do colored yes, cells and i do all kinds of stuff and i track it live and i get to see this all develop it was unpredictable down to the end to the last match to the very last match and even yes. then it came down to a tiebreaker mm -hmm. so we're going to go over what went down we're going to recap everything throughout this we're going to talk about what the hell happened to me and what in the <laughs> world you what were thinking, thinking? Yeah. Jesus oh no, there's, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack, Nick. Let's actually save it for in the actual show itself because yeah. the, there's a lot to discuss, including yes. the return of somebody very special to all of our hearts. And actually, because we're starting the show now, I've actually got to to crack this bad boy right here oh. in honor of that man. This is a Viking space probe that I'm having right here. Obviously, Viking means a lot for this person who's returning. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hazy double IPA. Yum, yum, yum. But Nick, let's get right into the show and talk about first NXT Worlds Collide. Well, we didn't waste any time with this one. We kicked things off. Uh, I guess technically, it was the pre-show, but good Lord. Yep. Mia Yim facing the NXT UK Women's Champion, Kaylee Ray. And, and I have to say, uh, I've, pretty, I've been keeping up with NXT UK since probably from the beginning. I've been loosely trying to watch it as much as I can, but I've definitely been keeping up with it. 
definitely had the Rhea and Tony era of the women's division over there, mm-hmm. but Kaylee Ray really didn't have my eye until she showed up at War Games and was basically the MVP of that thing for me. Yeah. And I have been incessantly watching her stuff since then, since what, November, whenever we had that. Man, here again, taking gnarly bumps and working real stiff with Mia Yim. I mean, this was a fantastic match to get this crowd hyped up. And it was just a sign of things to come for the rest of the night. I, I absolutely loved this show. Every single match, every, I mean, it's NXT. Of course, it's going to deliver across the board. Yeah, and, and again, I, I, you're right. Kaylee Ray uh, has definitely been raising her stock by just going out there and balling out. And the same can be said for Mia Yim. Like, they're, they're going out there and having good, stiff, hard-hitting matches. And this was another one. I don't think anything was in doubt here. We knew Kaylee Ray wasn't dropping her title to Mia Yim here. Uh, but at the same time, they put on a good, entertaining match. And, you know, I don't was know it if it was worthy of the, the main title? show. But. I don't think it was. I think it was a non-title match. Um, you know what? I don't know off the top of my head if that's officially the case. Uh, Rhea Ripley had her title on the line, so I don't know why it wouldn't be for Kaylee Ray's title. But at any rate, right. it was a, it was a fun, entertaining match. Going to start the show, uh, we both picked Kaylee Ray because she wasn't dropping the title on the pre-show. If it even was a title match, she wasn't losing if it was a non-title match on the pre-show. We went to uh, the main show and saw Finn Balor versus Ilya Dragunov. And this was interesting because mm, here's the problem, Nick. Finn Balor is playing a badass heel. The problem with badass heels is, especially when you've been a babyface your entire career so far in the WWE, people still want to cheer you. Yeah. Especially when you're facing off against a weird Russian guy with red eyes who you know, comes out there conducting his own music and no one really knows him. And it's kind of sad that people don't know Ilya Dragunov because... I think I've, I've been saying he's been incredible ever since, you know, the Indies and WXW. But and when WWE got their hands on him, I was shocked. And I don't know if they've really done a good enough job of building who he is. And I think this match was supposed to be, hey, everybody, check out this guy. But unfortunately, it just became Finn Balor and Ilya Dragunov having a very good, athletic, strong hitting, hard hitting match. And at the end, Finn won cleanly, just beat him. Beat him up, beat him. Um, and I may, people may be like, oh, that Ilya guy's pretty cool, I guess, but I don't think he got him over in any sense. Do you? Nah, well, if you didn't know who Ilya Dragunov was prior to this, you do now. The dude put yeah. in work. Both of these guys oh, put yeah. in work. This was one of the uh, – just seeing these two guys just go at each other, you know, it's I, – I, I don't want to say it's a dream match, but, I mean, years from now we might call it something like that. They're perfectly matched in the ring together. Uh, and they went move for move with each other and just uh, it looked like Dragunov was going to go down no until stakes. Balor got the stomp. No no stakes, no real story leading up to it. People didn't know who Dragunov was. There's a lot of things that undercut this match. And maybe also being the first match of the night, maybe they were told not to go hard enough. Although that's never been a thing with NXT. They've always right. had all the matches just be baller. So this was weird. It was a little bit of a letdown, but at the same time, it's hard to say that when they pretty much wrestled a technically perfect match, and it was a you know there really wasn't any flaws in their game here. It just wasn't as spectacular as maybe it could have been, or we would have wanted it to be. And that's a tough call to make. But yeah, it was it was. I, I don't know. I, this match had everything for me. I, I'm not that kind of blasé about it. I think it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I loved watching these two guys. Like you said, it was it was like watching a perfect technical wrestling match, 
and it included some high spots and some crazy stuff as well. So Strength I, spots, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Like this was this was just textbook. And to some people, that's boring. And I understand that, and that's not going to get everybody excited. But I, this was like just some popcorn, just, mm-hmm. just yeah, watching no. these two go with each other, you know? And I would say that was pretty much the entire show was, you oh, know, they yeah. did, not, there wasn't often a lot on the line. And it was, you know, sometimes just for, you know, who's going to win the match. But damn, if it wasn't entertaining the entire time. Yep. Um, you picked Dragunov here. I, I don't think that was a wrong pick to make. You know, he could have gone over just to you know, be be elevated, but at the same time, with Finn coming back, this being one of his first major matches, uh, I, I didn't I didn't see it. So I'm up I picked the wrong UK to, to win. The the wrong yeah. UK guy to win. Well, we, gotta, we, we get to the next one, and that's where boy, I, we did yeah. not see this one coming. Uh, yeah. The cruiserweight championship, fatal four way: Jordan Devlin versus Swerve Scott, Angel Garza, and Travis 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 F and Banks, who balled out in this match as well. He was kicking dudes right and left. Uh, this was shocking, Nick, because we expected this to be a, a really fun cruiserweight-style match. It was. We expected some crazy spots. They were there. What we did not expect was for Angel Garza to drop his belt so soon, and of all people, to Jordan Devlin. The Irish ace. The, the bobblehead Finn Baller. What the heck is... Wow! They strapped Jordan Devlin? With the crew, the first NXT guy, UK guy, excuse me, NXT UK guy to hold the cruiserweight strap ever. Uh, what you know, did you, you think? You about want to this know booking? what he said to um, Angel Garza before the match? Uh, you may have taken my wife, but I'm taking your belt. No. Oh, uh, I was going to make a, a bad, so I married an axe murderer joke. He belt now. I'm not going to try and do that though, because we got Heat. a long show to do next. <laughs> blow my throat. Heat belt. It's like a great no. and a toothpick. <laughs> it's, it's like, like a full. virtual sport. Put yourself to sleep. On your huge pillar. <laughs> I may have seen that movie as well. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so, okay. What the... So, Jordan Devlin's the cruiserweight champ. Are we going to have this go to UK now and dance around UK a little bit? And, you know, a lot of the UK guys are, are 205 and under. So, lots of people that this could, could play with. Um, was that a good call? Was it a good call to take it off of Garza this quickly? Like, where does this leave Garza now? You know where I'm hung up, man, and and this is I don't want to wander too far. I where I'm hung up is I'm watching what's going on it with the U.S. title over on the main roster between Umberto and and Andrade, and I'm sitting there going, what if it was Angel Garza instead of Umberto? Would would they be treating it the same way? Would I mean he? I figure I feel like he'd be so much more. The, the, the dude just oozes charisma. I don't know why they took it off of him this fast. It makes no right? sense to me, but I, it makes me want to like crazy speculate uh, what they've got if they've got plans for him, what they're going to do. Are they going to build a program going into Mania for the next three months? I don't know, but that dude's got superstar written all over him, big time. And 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 I superstar. And I I want to I want to believe that there's a plan. Now, <laughs> we've seen that that hasn't worked out too well over the last couple of years for NXT folks and 205 guys coming up. But I want I, I have to believe that somebody sees, especially with the it's circling the of corner, Ray man. and Umberto and Andrade and every all the, the the rising of the luchadors in, on the main roster. I, I have to believe somebody has seen Angel Garza at this point. My oh, God. I mean, and maybe that's what this is. They they they're he maybe he's getting sent somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I hope. Because well, I mean, 
I would love to see him against all those guys. So yes. we'll see what the plan is. I'm I'm not mad at this at all. Devlin's definitely done the work, and he deserves it. So I'm I'm fascinated for all of this. You, you uh, asked an interesting question, though. I, I do want to go back to your question. Does does somebody go back over to the UK to try to bring it back to the US? After the how, does how, it, it's going to do some circuits around the UK. You know what yeah. I mean? It's going to it's got to go over there for a little bit. So, and maybe Leo Rush goes and takes it back. Who yeah. knows? We'll find out. I love it. I love what they're doing with the Cruiserweight Championship. I yep. love the new belt. Doesn't look like a toy anymore. They darkened oh. it up. Now it looks like it, it looks great. Now so good. It's better. It looks better. It looks better. Let's be clear. It looks better. It doesn't uh, look like a Fisher Price thing you'd tear out of a box at Toys R Us. Yeah, it, doesn't, it, it looks like it's actually worth the two hundred something dollars you have to pay for it when you want to get it on WWE.com, <laughs> not like a five dollar thing you get it. Well, I can't say Toys R Us anymore because that's gone, but you know what I mean. Right. Walmart. Uh, next match: DIY versus Mustache Mountain. And mm, Nick, this was one that we were really looking forward to because, well, one DIY reforming, and two, th- these two teams facing off. Uh, you knew you were going to get a, a crazy awesome match. You knew you were going to see some incredible stuff, and you did. And we did. And you did. And the only other interesting thing was to see how they did the dynamic. Two face teams, how do you make that work? And it seemed like they had DIY become the more, quote, vicious of the two teams, um, which makes sense given the fact that Gargano has gone a little dark over the, over the years, and Ciampa obviously is uh, is one of the greatest heels of the last 10 years because he's that bald bastard! You son of a bitch! Uh, but here they were all faces, even though at some point DIY did work a little bit heel. A little bit heel. Um, but aside from that, I'd say it was a pretty perfectly booked match all around. Really, really damn fun. Fast-paced. Exhausting to watch. Just every, All these guys have tanks. Absolute tanks uh, in terms of cardio. So, I mean, after the end of this match, which you said, what did you say? You said Mustache Mountain was going to win I don't, this? I don't remember. No, you, you I, said, dude, you I'm, said so DIY. Blown out for, I'm so blown out from Sunday, I don't remember. I'm depending I, on your note-taking here. Well, I'm, in my notes, I have this as you called for Mustache Mountain okay. uh, to win. Oh, sorry, no, you called for, excuse me, excuse me, you called for DIY to win. I stand correct. You did call for DIY to win, uh, but you said that it was going to end with uh, a tap out with the Gargano escape. Um, that the Gargano escape is going to tap out. Trent you didn't seven, say I who. Believe. I believe it was uh, Trent, Trent Seven. That's who I was thinking about. Whereas I said it was a clean pin on Trent okay. Seven. Which it was. It was a clean pin. Uh, pin one, two, three on Trent Seven. So I took a extra point there. All right. But either, either way, yeah, it was interesting. I thought that uh, we think we both argued that they might put Mustache Mountain over just because DIY might not stay together, probably won't stay together, seeing as they seem to both be going in different directions right now. Um, and maybe they could put over Mustache Mountain, but they didn't. They just made it a happy DIY reunion moment and kept them strong. So yeah. I don't think that's wrong either. That's, that's, that's totally have, fine. Have but, the moment, have the reunion, and let's move forward. because Everyone I, hugs after the match. You know. Great. Yeah. It, it was you, a good time. I, it, yeah, I assume you liked that. Yeah, yeah. I, I assumed you liked that moment. Yeah. The little everyone hugging. It was a great, great finish to a, a feel-good match. Yeah. Uh, and then we had Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm for the NXT Championship. So your day got even mm. better. Mm. And I say the NXT Championship because now there's no uh, defining thing. Which what's the difference between the NXT Championships? Who knows? Well, this one just happened to feature two women. So I'll let you decide what that means. Uh, and Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. I have to say, underwhelmed me, Nick. And did, well, what it followed like? everything before it. Yeah, I, I could see how that people would think that. I thought it was fine. It was. That's the thing. It was just fine. Like it wasn't. 
great. I feel they could have done more with it. It ended really quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't quite there for me. And I, I, I was trying to figure out if it was because of the rest of the card or just because the match itself wasn't that great. Uh, mix of both. And, and I want to be fair. You guys know my love and markery for Tony. Um, and, and it was great to see what we saw the following night as well. And I, I don't want to say that, that some of that might have attributed to it. Who knows? These two have had some baller matches in the past for that NXT UK Women's Championship. And I, I'm not taking anything away from that. I think a lot of it is what we've come to expect from NXT as a show, putting on a show, it might have surpassed uh, what we got in this match at this point. So I, that doesn't take anything from away from the two women. Brilliant workers. They're both like 22 years old. I know. Holy smokes, man. They've got some the, young talent in that division, oh man. It's ridiculous. Like, they're going to be running the division in, in a few years, years like Charlotte and Becky are in, today. You know, they're, they're, these are the two. These two are the future. Yeah. And, and I, I firmly believe that. And I, you know what? I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm going to give it time. Same way I would with uh, uh, Velveteen Dream. Same way I would with anybody else that was like in the under 25 crowd that's still coming up. Even though they might have been wrestling around for five to ten years since they were teenagers, they're still learning the systems. They're still learning WWE, and that that takes years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look at to Gargano. Uh, Gargano took four years for him to really hit his stride. Well, give, part of it is to make it unconscious. You know, you don't want it to. You, you want it to be unconscious or subconscious, or in some way yeah. where you're not having to sit there and go, "Okay, to make this happen, I have to do this." It just becomes second nature, and that happens faster for some people than others. Um, one thing I've seen speculated was this match was basically to establish how strong Rhea Ripley is, and that's why she was dominant for most of the match. That's why she won so handily uh, was to show how far she's evolved since Tony could beat her. Yeah, given told the story. Uh, Given other things that transpired on Sunday and Monday, and uh, stick around, everybody, by the time we get to the end of our show about Raw, I got some thoughts for you. But, teaser, I'm going to save that for later. Uh, mm. At this point, let's see. Uh, you picked Tony Storm, of course. I picked Rhea Ripley, so 5-2 to me going into the final match, which was Imperium versus Undisputed Era. Um, undisputed match of the night, I thought. Even, uh, even though there was a bit of a tragedy earlier in the match, where uh, it was see Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish went for a tandem strike on Alexander Wolf, and Bobby Fish looks like he caught Alexander in the chin with a knee right on the button. KO. If you've ever, and, if you've ever like hit your chin or fallen and like it landed on your chin, it'll it'll knock you out real quick. And Wolf actually tweeted after the whole thing that they, they, they got him out of there real quick. Like, uh, uh, props to the ref, uh, Drake Wertz, ex-CZW, by the way. Props to him for, uh, for getting in there and pulling them out and re recognizing what happened right away. I think Fish communicated it as well because he even had his arm under the shoulder to show that, like, he's not going to kick out. Um, so it was, it was well done all around to get Wolf out of there and get him to safety. But he tweeted out after this whole match um, that it was his fault. Um, he even hashtag, you know, don't tuck your chin, <laughs> basically chin yeah, up, right. chin up <laughs> when you're going for this. So he, he was like, basically, start your he was, fall, lean back. He was indicating like in this situation, you, you tilt your chin back so that you can get you know, hit in the chest. If you put your head chin down that Bobby fish knee, the, a guy who is, you know, trained to be a human weapon is not going to kick your head off <laughs> or knee your head off. In this case, there's that button. Like you said, right on that chin, 
and it will it'll it'll make you loopy. So Alexander Wolf was out, and all of a sudden it became a four on three, and they had to improv most of the match. And luckily they were able to to do so uh, with just Imperium doing a hell of a lot more work. I want to call out Marcel Barthel for if you go back and watch this, that dude put in work. That guy was out there selling yep. like a maniac. He probably did um, his and Wolf's uh, choreo because he was out there for a long ass time. He was, and I don't want to take anything away from Eichner either. Eichner either. No. I, I, Eichner either. There you uh, go. Those springboard <laughs> high spots that he was doing, the sentons off the t- j- climbing the ladder, escalada, and you know sentoning off the. T- Holy smokes, dude! Yeah. You're a big jacked heavyweight now. <laughs> big splash to the outside. Yeah, remember when he was a cruiserweight and doing right. that, and he could still do it. Uh, so yeah, no, they all they all stepped up. And the other thing that was crazy was how much they made Walter look like an absolute monster. Because he was over he as is. Well. He is. They're just booking him properly like one. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's like it's and they're booking it in a way it's hard to book an eight-man tag match. Just ask New Japan. Yeah. It's hard to do it. And make it last for a long time, make it entertaining, and not make it look sloppy. They only had right. one big moment in this where no one knew what they were doing, and it was very apparent that everyone's like, shit, there was supposed to be a spot here, and you know, someone else got to, okay, who's doing what? There's only one moment of that. And honestly, all the props to these guys for making it that seamless for the rest of the match. is incredible. I don't, know how the, I don't know how the ref kept track of who's who and who's legal and who did what. Yeah, there was, a, there was a little bit of losing of that as well. But, yeah, man, you've, I, I got to forgive a little bit of that in these kinds of matches just because of the nature of the matches themselves. Um, but just all kinds of great spots. Walter gets put through a table or two and, and just, uh, yeah, a lot of fun, man. I just had a blast with this match. And... The only sad thing is, it would have been, it would have been a better match with Wolf. The fact that they got as good of a match as they did with him going out is a testament to how goddamn good all these guys are. Yeah, because this was a fantastic match, and would have been the match of the weekend if the Royal Rumble hadn't happened, Nick. And when was the last time we said that about uh, an I, NXT I, show? I don't know if we ever show? have. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And for those of you that have been listening from the beginning, tell us if tell me if I'm wrong. Mm. I don't know that we have ever exclaimed that a WWE main roster event was better than the TakeOver or NXT event that happened the night before, but I think we might have just seen it at the Royal Rumble. So I'm coming to the Royal Rumble off my win. At uh, Worlds Collide, five what, three what win, win five three. I p- did uh, you you picked in, uh, Imperium to win oh. this, so you got your one point back. Yeah. But no, nobody's yeah, here to hear about. We're that. going into the Rumble. I was feeling very confident. <laughs> I'd made some. I'd made some <clears throat> strong choices, which we'll get into. But then again, so did you, Nick. We both made some strong choices on the Rumble. All, our, right. all of our patrons, all of our patrons, made some strong choices. This was very fun coming into this pre-show. We're all ready. I had my snacks. I had some delicious guacamole. I had some uh, shout out to to JB. I had some uh, had some delicious taquitos. I had some oh. beer. I had some tequila. I was ready for this. Nick, how about you? How what was your setup for the Royal Rumble? I had a Nick and Ian Surrey and Dangerous throwback, and I had a giant number nine on white. Yes. And if yes, you know what that is, props. Uh, for those that don't know. Ian and I used to sit and watch wrestling before we would record the shows way back when, back when I lived in L.A. So he knows what that <laughs> if you, is. 
if you listen, if you listen to those old shows, actually, you can hear us both going, uh, uh, burping sub sandwiches, disgusting, oh. absolutely disgusting, but. Not as disgusting as our points in the pickums at the end of the yeah, show, Nick. But we'll get into that. Let's start off with the pre-show. The pre-show of the Royal Rumble. Sheamus versus Chad Gable. Of course, that is how we still refer to Chad Gable on the show. We refuse to use the name that WWE uses for him because it's just... Well, you guys know. You know, you know what it is. It's terrible. Um, Sheamus picks up the win here. We have a lot to talk about, so I'm just going to go straight through this. Sheamus picks up the win here. Is that the right decision? Uh, you said Gable should go over. I said Sheamus was going to win. Was that the right call to have Sheamus come in, come back looking strong and beating Gable, or do they need to put some more uh, wins on Gable's plate here? My thinking on on picking Gable here was that he's been he's had sort of a string of losses. He's constantly been going out there. He's been made a mockery of coming out as a. It looks like he just walked off the set of Space Jam uh, in some <laughs> basketball outfit, right? Might as well be a, a a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes character. Yeah, and I thought that maybe, just maybe, they're finally going to give him some shine here on someone that really doesn't need the win that much. Even though he's just returning, most people know who Sheamus is. He hasn't been gone that long. He hasn't been gone like nine years or nothing. But at the same time, I thought that you know, Sheamus could stand to have the loss here because he's just going to come right back and have a feud. Either it's going to continue and circle back around to a lo- to some other two or three matches, whatever. But Chad Gable, once again, in his new gimmick and everything, cannot seem to get this over. And I, I'm, I'm just... It, it's not good for either one of them for this loss, frankly, in my opinion. So to, I, to, to, wait, have to, have to have Chad Gable lose. It's not good for either one of them. Well, I mean, as you said, I don't know how much you're going to be able to get over the name Shorty G, but uh, yeah, I think I think Sheamus should have won here, and uh, I'm I'm glad he did. I think he needs to come back looking strong. If he wants to be a bully for SmackDown, they need to keep him strong. This is a way to do it. Chad Gable got a lot of offense in, so it was what it was. It was a pre-show match. Also a pre-show match, Andrade Cien Almas versus Humberto Carrillo. Shame for the I'm U.S. Ring title. my bell and go shame. Why was this I, on the pre-show? I don't know. I was, we both well, we both saw this coming. Why was it on the pre-show? Where else was it going to go? What other match were you going to put on the pre-show that was on the main show? What? And also, they weren't making the, the title didn't change hands. Andrade won clean, beat him. <sighs> uh, so is this is this in some way undercutting Carrillo by having him lose clean here? Do you think like was this was this a bad call or? Is there a long-term story going on with Humberto Carrillo where he's got, like, Andrade's his white whale, in a sense? This is what I was talking about when we were talking about Worlds Collide. If this were Angel Garza, he'd be U.S. champion right now. I strongly believe that. I think you can put Angel Garza over Andrade. I don't know if you can do that with Humberto quite yet. Is Carrillo not getting in the uh, good enough response from the crowd? Is that what you're saying? That's or? what. And, look, we appreciate his his abilities there oh, is no doubting any of that for years yeah Agreed. absolutely. but there's something that's not translating and right. uh, you know we've had andrade with zelina and that's kind of been his like ooh, yeah it's helped right it, that there's no been really, ooh been with umberto yeah. yet and we've got to find that do you think that they're slow playing this to find that so people get behind him they see more and more of him and at some point they'll see enough of him where they get behind him and they recognize him because right now he might just not be people that, they're not aware enough of him 
I hope is so, that, man. You think that's what it is? Uh, yeah, it, it's an awareness thing. It's a, it's a, uh, we we need to make do some more videos. You know, come on, WWE social media. Well, you know, yeah, highlight also, the dude a little bit more. Sure. And was that also the case with Andrade, where they they took a while with Andrade building him up to the point where he's at now? He's recognizable now. So, will they be patient enough? I guess with Carrillo is the is the yeah, is the question. I don't know. And I see in the chat, stop dressing him like a Power Ranger, man. I went and saw Tanahashi come out, and he looked like a damn Power Ranger last night in his big old well, coat and outfit. Tana, so, Tanahashi is a one shoulder a pads and head, uh, regalia and everything. <laughs> Tanahashi pulls it off, man. He does, like, and and I think Umberto could get there, but it might be too soon. Who knows? Tanahashi is so good, he could pull off Shorty T. If you gave them that as a gimmick, he could absolutely do it. I mean, as, as Nick, you stood right next to him. He's a pretty man. He He's, is beautiful. Like that is <laughs> that is one of the most beautiful men I've ever been in the presence of. And I he, I am about as straight man as they get with a giant big old man beard and just going, wow, he's so pretty. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's real. You know, like it just it, it entrances you how how he's, what a beautiful man that Tanahashi is. He's a literal superstar. But we digress. Yeah. We're not talking about yeah. Tanahashi. We're talking about. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll come back to that. That's that's on our next show. But right now we're talking about the Royal Rumble, and let's get to the main card. At this point, All right. uh, at this point we're at two and one. We both picked uh, Andrade to pick to to keep the win here. So two and yep. one for, for just just for you and me. We're not talking about our pay, our patron pickums points where we put bets on stuff mm. Nick because that's a whole other thing we'll get into that at the end of the show and patrons stick around we've got some crow to eat but the main show the main the main Royal Rumble started off with Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match was it the right call to open the show with this match and not like say the Women's Royal Rumble like why start the show with this match it Nick, do you think? swerved the f out of me because I went. Oh, they're gonna give it to Roman. Damn it! Right. Because <laughs> that's what I was. My immediate thought when I saw them start with this match, pull the curtain with this match, was Roman's gonna win the Rumble. Mm-hmm. That was that was the only thing I thought of. I wasn't mad that they started with this one. It's fine. It's falls count anywhere. It might take a little extra time. They're gonna have to play it by ear depending on where they end up. All that stuff. Let's get this one out of the way. I understand the booking of it and having it up here like that because of those reasons, but my head went, oh, shit. <laughs> Roman's winning. Right. The, the well, rumble that, later, right? He's going to come back in. And I was trying to think, why would they start the, the show with this match? And then as the match went on, I went, oh, that's why. Because it was an absolute cluster. They went all over this baseball stadium down in Houston. Yep. They were all over the place. They were. You had uh, the Usos come out. You had Rude and Ziggler come out. There was a splash off the top of some equipment from uh, Jimmy Uso came out of the darkness and came flying down and took out Rudin Ziggler. It was madness. Um, trash cans, porta potties, you name it. They were out there doing the work, and the crowd was loving it. Like we've so been saying I. for weeks that Roman and Corbin are going out there and making the crowds happy. Whether or not we're at home or bored with it, they're making the cr- live crowds happy. Oh, but damn, they did it again here. This was actually a brilliant way to set off the whole thing. And uh, it ended with a somewhat weak-looking Roman spear to Corbin on the top of the Astros dugout. Um, but you know what? It was a, still a solid finish, and the concept was there. I thought this was a great match. I thought it was a great way to open the show. I was I was actually very impressed uh, with the balls that it took to put this first and then the fact that it, it worked. It yeah. worked. 
I, I absolutely worked. The the um, middle parts of the match for me were better than the finish. If I'm being completely honest, the part where yeah. the Usos were doing their high spots and you had um, Rudin Ziggler out there messing around. You had uh, Baron get put into a porta potty and tipped over, and you know antics like that for this kind of match. Uh, I absolutely enjoyed. They have their place. Absolutely, they don't need to be used mm. everywhere, to be certain. But I mean, this kind of match in this kind of venue, it was the right place at the right time, and I, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Again, at, popcorn at home, just sitting there eating, just oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good time. <laughs> you put him in a porta potty. <laughs> it's, it's good spread. time. Yeah. cheese and crackers and Mexican food and everything in front of me. And I was just sitting there like, I was half paying attention to the match. And every time I looked up, it was something entertaining. And this is fun. Great way to start off the whole show. So yeah, no problem there. The only issue I had really with it being at the Astros stadium was, you know, the Astros stole the WrestleMania sign. But aside from that, I'm sorry. I stole that line from, I think Marshall in the discord chat, but uh, yeah. All right. Moving on. That was a low hanging fruit. I'm sorry. Oh. I I apologize. Uh, As a Rangers right, fan, so, I, I detest the Astros, so I have no problem with it. Just saying. Yeah, no, I, they should be going down in infamy. But that's another show, Nick. We'll we'll yeah. get we'll we'll deal with that another time. Tune into our baseball podcast starting next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm kidding. <laughs> what do we call it? Baseball wide open. Uh, Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. You picked Baron Corbin to win this. I did. I picked I picked Lol Roman wins. So here we are, 3-1 after the first match of the main show, Nick. Good Lord. Fantastic. Uh, and it we didn't got get to... much better from there. <laughs> no, it was all it was pretty much downhill for you for most of the show. Yeah. Uh, so Women's Royal Rumble came next. The Women's Royal Rumble. And boy, Nick, this is brace yourselves, everybody. This is always one of the hardest things we have to do on the show is talking about rumble matches because they're huge. They're huge, and so much happens, and it's like we don't want to miss anything that was really cool, but we inevitably do, but we'll try our best to get through this. Starts off with, um, with Alexa Bliss, number one, which I was I thought was a very interesting choice, but uh, ended up being actually a, a smart choice. And number two was a shock. Bianca Belair from NXT came out number two in the Royal. I cannot wait to see the behind-the-scenes stuff about her finding out she's number two. Not only finding out she's number two, but as it would as it would so happen, she would eliminate seven women and stay in it for half of the match. And not only like a, a bunch of women, she eliminated um, uh, Molly Holly, who was a surprise uh, entered number three, and also wonderful to see. By the way, that was a very heartwarming moment was seeing uh, Molly Holly come out. So Blair eliminated Molly Holly, um, Nikki Cross who came out to help Alexa at number four. Um, she eliminated Sonya Deville. She eliminated Candice LeRae, who was a surprise call-up from NXT. Also nice to see her back there. Uh, she eliminated uh, Tamina Snuka, who, who returned. And no one really gave a crap, unfortunately. Sorry, Tamina. They, they didn't. Uh, she eliminated Dana Brooke. And she eliminated, finally, Alexa Bliss. Uh, before finally getting eliminated by uh, Charlotte Flair, who came out number yep. 17. So she stayed in all the way to, to numbers. Bianca stayed until 17. Damn, that From is number a deep. two. That's impressive. Whoa. Whoa. Is that, a, is that a, like a, our first rocket strap moment of 2020 right there, Nick, officially? I, I think it might have been, yeah. 
uh, as, especially as we're kicking things off here, heading into Mania, it's like, okay, somebody's definitely got their eyes on Bianca Belair. As many oh, title man. matches as she's been, as she's had over the last couple of years, uh, absolutely. Bianca Belair is, is one of those that I put in there in the camp that I said earlier with Tony and Rhea. It, it, it's the, the future of the... Look, early, la, on Saturday on the show, I said that at some point we're going to have to move on from the four horsewomen of NXT. Have right? we even started that? No, oh, no. I, I see what you mean. No, oh, Bailey. At, at some Sorry, point, yes. right. Right. Bailey, Bailey, uh, Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky. Yes, right. gotcha. At some point, there's going to have to be more in the women's division course, than the four of them, right? The nature of things, yes. So I, I th- what I feel like is happening is we're setting up that next generation of, of women's superstars for success to go up against them. And, and it, it'll inevitably happen, but look at what Rhea Ripley's doing. Look at Tony. Look at Bianca Belair. Look at Io Shirai. I mean, all of these women that are coming up through the ranks – Man, it's really good. And, you know, Mia Yim also. You got to throw her in there. So all of these women are really doing work, and it was great to see Bianca have this kind of moment. We've been wanting something like this for her for quite some time now, and, and we finally got it. So just yeah. mad props. Great that she got that opportunity, and uh, she she made the best of it for sure. Yeah, and it was uh, it was it was lovely to see. It was also lovely to see some other things happen, other little storylines like, uh, Mandy Rose getting tossed out, but landing on Otis. Where'd he come from? This this might be the. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil <laughs> it because I think we're going to do another one on the next show. That this was this is one of my moments of positivity right here. <laughs> I know you was, love you love. Wasn't the this and cool, guys? Wasn't this and, one of the more? I mean, we're used to seeing Naomi and Kofi jump around everywhere, which we got to see again here. Um, but it, was this not one of the coolest things? I, I thought it was really innovative, really cool it was idea. Cute. Yeah, it was cute. It was a cute. It was a cute moment, and it was also cute later when uh, Mandy got tossed with Sonya Deville, and Otis tried to catch both of them, but Sonya Deville sent him toppling over. So the uh, the strange triangle relationship there continues. I love the fact that this is something we haven't seen in a long time, if ever. Is this weird Beauty and the Beast dynamic they have with Mandy and Otis? It's a lot of fun. People are into it. If you compare that relationship story to like the Lana Lashley Rusev garbage they have on Monday Night Raw right now. Yeah. This is definitely a lot more over with the general populace. I feel that's how I'm that's how I'm sensing it based on the live crowds and also the internet. Hashtag so, Otis Mandy wedding at Mania. Oh God. <laughs> Nick Booking we, strikes we, again. We've never had one. Let's have one. We've It'd never be had a lot an better Otis than Mandy Lana. wedding. You're, no, you're, that's uh, very uh, true. We, it's better than that Lana Lashley shit that we got. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh so we had uh, we had a possible yeah. So it looked like Mandy Rose and uh, Deville were not quite on the same page. So we'll see how that we'll see how that all plays out when we get to SmackDown later this week. So we other other big returns we had in this match, Nick. First, we'll talk about Naomi who came back to a huge ovation. She looked great. She actually got tossed out of the ring, but landed on the the guardrail, a la John Morrison, and was able to pull herself up walk along the rail, jump over on the announcer's tables, and then eventually use one of the uh, the metal uh, braces on the front uh, to walk back over to the ring and get back into the ring. How, what did you think about the return of Naomi? Uh, natural hair fro going, everything, loved oh, it. Looked great. It, was, it was great to see her back again. And look, put on work, absolutely. Her, the whole, I don't want to say the whole reason for her being there was to be that you know that, but. that person, but that's that's kind of she yeah. was she stayed out there for a good fifteen minutes at yep. least. So it was cool that the cameras kept cutting back and forth, like giving us an update. It would have been cool if they had done like a picture in picture of the Naomi cam of her trying to figure out 
how to build a bridge and get back into the ring. We've seen her make the jump before. We've seen Kofi yeah, make the it was jump a before. Far, man. <laughs> but I thought it was really Ooh. cool. And there was always that thing, <gasps> is it going to be able to hold up? Is it just little cardboard or like particle board? Is it going to snap uh, as she steps onto it and puts her weight onto it? Nope. It held up and she just walked straight across it. Really, really cool. I love seeing that. But pretty much got eliminated immediately after she made it <laughs> across. Yeah, she got, she got back in and she got eliminated by someone else who was a big uh, entrant. We'll get to her. Uh, we got to talk about Beth Phoenix. Who oh. also came back? She was in at number nineteen. MVP and and well MVP because pretty soon after and being in the ring, she bonked her head on the back of a top turnbuckle and just got split open and basically just had a huge matted chunk of wet bloody hair on the back of her head for the rest of the match. And she was, was bleeding gnarly. on women, bleeding on the mat. People were screaming. Charlotte was, Flair had blood like smeared all over oh, her arm from her head. Yeah. It was gnarly. Zia Lee came in at one point and she was looking at her hands at one point like, oh my God, what the <laughs> what is this? Yeah, it was it was it was a horror show. And we kept saying, Why are they keeping her in? Why are they keeping her in? Well, we found out close to the end of the match, she and Natalia ended up facing off with their old nemesis, Santina Marella, who came back in a spot that no one thought they wanted to see until it happened. And we had a little call back to the uh, the horror show that was the Divas era when Santino won the Battle Royale and, uh, and uh, the dark days. But I liked how they handled it now where Santino was in there and, and uh, uh, you know, Beth started staring her down on one side and, and uh, Naomi was staring at Naomi. Uh, Natalia was staring her down on the other side, her. Uh, and Santino uh, reaches into the pants and pulls out the, oh, it's the, the Cobra. Cobra. The Cobra, and uh, uh, <laughs> stare down again. I, I want to. I wish Natalia had a better angry look, but she was trying too hard not to corpse. It looked like. Right. Whereas Beth Phoenix genuinely looked like <laughs> Santina about to die. And uh, I, I love this. Santina cobras herself, eliminates herself. That was that fun little cute moment. Brilliant. It was like the horn swoggle moment, you know, from la I think it was last year. Yeah. So yeah, cute little callback moment. All right, you got to have at least one of those comedy bits. Fine. They had to keep Beth in for that because of the history, obviously. And uh, she did get eliminated pretty quickly after that. By Natalia, who turned on her. Uh, no, she almost got eliminated by Natalia. Beth ended up eliminating Natalia. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Thank but you. We'll get to, we'll get to that because we got to talk about the other big entrant at the end of this match when we get to that point. A okay. um, couple of other major entrants that were really exciting to see out there. Mercedes Martinez, I was excited to see. Uh, you had, as we said earlier, Candice LeRae. Mia Yim showed up for a little bit. Um, actually, a lot of bit. Maria was there for, I guess, not too long because she uh, she got eliminated by Alexa Bliss pretty quickly. That's right. Um, Dakota Kai showed up for a second. Was eliminated before Tegan Knox came out, who was also there. Tegan Knox was out at twenty eight, I believe. And uh, so surprised they didn't have any interaction in the match where they had that storyline going on. Chelsea Green showed up. And was eliminated really quickly by Alexa Bliss, which was kind of shocking considering this was kind of her debut in a sense of this new gimmick she has. Um, so it was odd that she showed up and then was eliminated so quickly. Uh, your girl, Tony Storm, Nick, was in the match for quite a minute. It was uh, apparently a very big deal to her. Uh, it was awesome to see her out there. Um, in, I don't know, this is one that was, I was not as excited about. Kelly Kelly also showed up. She came out at number 21. And was a little breath of Divas era in this match where she basically didn't wrestle, rubbed her butt on Tony Storm's face, and then was eliminated. Uh, what did you think about Kelly coming back? Uh, no comment. 
<laughs> for the I, I I at the uh, <clears throat> are you re- are you redeeming yourself for calling Tanahashi beautiful earlier? Is this what no? This is? At at the uh, risk of of per, of um, incriminating myself, I my attorney is uh, in uh, uh, requested I, I go with the fifth. <clears throat> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we also, as we said, saw Zia Lee and uh, Shotzi Blackheart. I was shocked. We saw Shotzi Blackheart out there. Is Man, first she she tosses Shayna out of the Rumble back in NXT, and then she shows up on the Royal Rumble. Who did she impress? Mother of God. That's I don't a, know, but I love her running out at full speed to the metal core and with the yeah. helmet with the horns on it, uh, the green hair. Love all of it. And I feel like part of this was to do with who was coming. Uh, that is true, because they did finish up the story, because number 30, number 30, and a big game changer in this match was Shayna Baszler. And let me tell you, Nick, as someone who picked Shayna Baszler to win this thing... I was starting to get concerned. I was sweating balls. I was, <laughs> I was going to 29, and I'm like, Santina Morella, okay, we have one slot left. When I saw Santina come out at 28, I think it was, I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we Uh-oh. all, like all of us, almost all of us picked Baszler to win this thing, and she's not even out there yet. Oh, my God, is she even going to come out? Number 30, we got Shayna Baszler. Number 30, and I was like, okay, now it's game on. And sure enough, I actually just posted in the group a really um, interesting video of Ronda Rousey watching Shayna Baszler's Royal Rumble match from her house. Uh, And not safe for work, it is. Not safe for work. Ronda Rousey has a very, very dirty mouth. Bad, bad, bad. Naughty, Ronda. (laughs) Naughty. My My goodness. There's not enough soap in the world for that woman. Uh, so Baszler comes out and just wreaks havoc. Did I mention that Bianca Belair eliminated seven women earlier? Shayna eliminated eight within like two minutes. She tossed out, uh, Zia Lee, Tegan Knox, Zelina Vega, uh, Shotzi Blackheart to, to redeem herself from the, the last, um, the battle Royale match in NXT. She tossed out Carmella. She tossed out Tony Storm. She tossed out Naomi. And then it was in her. She was in there with Charlotte and Talia, Beth Phoenix, and uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia teamed up on her until they turn on each other. Natalia gets tossed by Beth. Baszler tosses Beth Phoenix for her number eight, and then we're down to Shayna Baszler and Charlotte Flair, the two women that pretty much everybody picked yeah. to win this thing. And that's just damn good booking when you know who everyone thinks is going to win and you put those two in there at the end so you just don't you just don't know it could go either way but it went Charlotte Flair's way and she tossed Shayna Baszler with kind of a not going to lie a bit of a lame spot Shayna looked a little dumb she, uh, Charlotte was on the ropes kept refusing to get thrown out and Baszler kept going back into Charlotte on the ropes and then got tossed with a with a leg hold but uh, you know what it's all right Charlotte won and it was a big, big moment, and Charlotte has her first Royal Rumble win. She'll be going on to WrestleMania to, to face a challenger of her choosing. Nick, what do you think about Charlotte winning this whole thing? Not terribly mad at it. Um, okay. It's it's not what I wanted, but... <laughs> well, we both called Shane. At the same time. Yeah, of course. Uh, and so didn't most of the patrons in the Pickums. So, I mean, it, it was it felt like an inevitability uh, at a certain point that it was it was going to happen. Especially after people. dropping the title to uh, Rhea. Only three patrons picked Charlotte, by the way. Yeah. Everyone else 
Lots of Baszler's. Out of what, 25 or so people that were? A few Ronda Rousey's. One Sasha Banks. Sasha wasn't even in the match. There was a Dana Brooke in there, too. There was a Dana Brooke. Who Who was Dana Brooke? Was it Josh Logan? I don't want to call anybody out. I'm going to call him out. (laughs) I'm sorry. Called. Honestly, no, I, out of love. And man. I love you for picking Dana Brooke. I love you for picking Dana Brooke. You oh. absolute madman. You absolute madman. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I know what I picked later on in this thing, but you picked Dana Brooke to win the Rumble, all right? Don't, don't, come on. Uh, Listen, you don't so, get to right. lecture anybody on their picks for Rumbles. Anymore. I absolutely do. Anymore. I absolutely do. I absolutely do, and I'll tell you why later. We'll get to that. <laughs> You don't. You don't get to lecture anybody, sir, sir. I mean, I picked uh, right. Well, we'll get to this. Uh, so here we are at the end. Charlotte is going to WrestleMania. I think it's. You know what? I know a lot of people are like, "Oh God, Charlotte again, dude." Oh. She is one of the best women, if not the best woman they have. She is a certified superstar. She is one of the best wrestlers they have. She is obviously a generational talent. So you know, put that aside. And just look at her body of work and her ability and the presence that she brings, everything that she brings to the table. She is the entire total package. I'm not surprised at all they gave her the win here. They want, her, they want to have her in a big match at WrestleMania. I'm honestly like, it's just, to me, it's not like, a, oh God, her again. It's just kind of like, yep, makes total sense. It's, it, you know, Shayna will be just fine. And had I really thought about it, I probably would have picked Charlotte. I, I got excited okay. about some okay, crazy. Pal. Listen, I got excited about some crazy Nick fantasy booking, and yes, you know it, well, it happens. We, we, I got I got away. I got ahead of myself. I think a lot of people were excited for Shayna because I think a lot of people weren't expecting the men's Royal Rumble to be uh, the coronation of a new talent. They expected the women's to do it, but that's not how it went down, and it's why it was such a good show. We'll get to that, though, because we've got to talk about some more matches here. Uh, Bailey and Lacey Evans for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship. Um, Nick, is there anything that you want to you want to say about this, buddy? Because I recall you having some fairly strident words about this match on our on our Pickums show. Yeah, we're gonna uh, play a quick little clip because oh uh, yes, a clip? we have a few yes. of these queued up for you guys that have oh, that no. were along for the ride over the last <laughs> you week. You and uh, you don't have so, any of me, do you? Uh, I do, but we'll get to those. Oh no. Uh, so actually, th- I think three of these are me and one's you. But we saved the okay. big one for you. All right. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, here's me. <laughs> Uh, on Lacey Evans versus Bailey. This one's tough, especially uh, for this week. This one's easy for me. This is okay. the easiest well, one on the card, frankly. SmackDown Women's Championship match. Who do you have here, it Bailey? Might or Lacey? even get my highest confidence point bet. God damn, really? Lacey Evans is winning this one. Mm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not confident on this pick at all. So there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. We we're I, confident, were you? So here, listen. If you watch this, and I went back and watched the match again, there were at least two, if not three, moments where uh, there were some lacy botches. And how much I, did you bet on this? How much did you bet on this? Uh, oh one to God, eight. I don't have the spreadsheet pulled up. The spreadsheet you limit you 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 crossed off the number on the spreadsheet, but uh, I'm dying to know how, what you ultimately went for. You didn't give it your eight, I know that, but uh, no, I think well, I how gave much that comp- to the fiend? If I'm not mistaken, you did. Okay. Yes, one of the few matches you got right. One five, of the I think it was a five or a six. One of the two matches you got, uh, three matches you got right. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, yeah. So, so you you were still pretty confident Lacey was taking it here. So I, when if you go back and watch the match again, and and genuine here, being totally objective at this point, we we all know what happened. 
But if you go back and watch the match, there's a few <laughs> there's a few botches by Lacey in the middle of the match. I I feel like there might have been a hot shot call on this one just to have Bailey retain. Uh huh. Is that you protecting uh, yourself there? Or no, is that... it's not. I mean, I, seriously, like they've been building, they've strapped the rockets to Lacey ever since they showed up at Vietnam, uh, you know, a couple months ago, and she started doing the salute, and we got Facey Evans. Uh, she became a mom and a marine again all of a sudden. So since that, and Bailey's just basically been a complete abject failure. Like this whole heel turn on Bailey, congratulations, it didn't work either. Bringing the hugger up to the main roster, it didn't work, neither did turning her heel. So I felt like that we were going to make a change here. But if you watch the match, there's a couple of places where Lacey makes a couple of mistakes, and I'm guessing there was a confidence call, lack of, I should say, from back, and just said, nah, just just... Uh, keep it on Bailey. That's a that's a hunch, but I, I would challenge everybody to go back and watch the match again. It, it's a good match. It's decent. It's not anything that you're going to write home about. But it could have been way worse. It, it could have been. what I thought it was. Yeah. Um. It was marred by that strange finish. It was the sudden finish. And uh, you actually were so confident. You actually changed my mind. Uh. I actually on our last on our Pickham show I said Bailey as you as you heard there. Um, but I only had one – I put one point on this match. I was so unsure about it. And I picked Lacey on the day. So I flipped my uh, my pick uh, to our actual patrons pick them because I was so unsure about this. I was I had no idea what they were going to do here. And they could have gone either way. It was an interesting call to put to keep it on Bailey given everything else and have, having Lacey's kid there at ringside and every, all the other setup that they had. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wanted a, I wanted interaction with her kid. I wanted like the kid to get an eye rake on Bailey, and that be the. There thing was a little puts, bit like the kid was reaching out at Bailey and everything, well, but she it was, was holding also on like, to Lacey's arm and trying to save her. That was cute, but I wanted like the kid to go all in on like Bailey and claw yeah. at her and stuff like that. That would have been awesome, and then and maybe that'd be we the have thing yet that to helps get, get her over. And I won because I'm a mom and my daughter's a mate. Like that whole super babyface story kind of stuff. Yeah, been but awesome. maybe there's maybe that's still coming, but just why not pay that off here? I, I exactly. I, I, it's going to be one of those things we're going to have to look back and figure out later on if they had any idea what they were doing here. Like based on where we go with these storylines with with Lacey and Bailey, maybe they had an idea where they were going, or maybe they have no idea what the hell they're doing here. We're not going to know for the next few weeks or months, and then we can look back at this moment and be like, oh yeah, they had no idea what they were doing at the Rumble with these two. Right. Um, but yeah, so I got you on this one on the show, but man, you took me down with you on the patrons pickums. I think uh, the show everyone, took us down the path of the, of Lacey winning this. And I, that's why I feel strongly that a, a call was made mid match. So, well, all right. Anywho, <laughs> the tinfoil hat comes out. Okay. Uh, the next match, nobody got wrong. Everyone saw this one coming. What I did not see coming, dude, was the fiend and Daniel Bryan actually being a bad, it was a badass match, bad ass match. Long wow. bar cry from what we got at Hell in a Cell three months ago. <laughs> oh, boy. So this was a strap match, and that strap got used. Uh, I thought this was, it wasn't going to go longer than 10 minutes. I had this at 9 minutes, 35 seconds, and this went 17.35. I think I and put 17. Can you see? You've got the sheet right there. I think I put that. I was really excited when I saw it. When you told me that final time, I was like, there's still a chance. <laughs> I got pretty close, I think. Uh, I just don't. I don't have it pulled up. Uh, you know, I should probably have that pulled on, up. Hold on. Uh, you put ten fifty eight, buddy. Oh, somebody put seventeen. I can't remember <laughs> who it was. Wasn't you? It was no, it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, someone did put seventeen, and it was. 
Hey, right. while you're looking that up, shout out Robbie. to Abraham Castillo for the 10 bucks in the tip jar. Oh, damn, son. My Thank brother. you very much, brother. Thank, Thank you, sir. sir. You rock. Uh, that was Robbie RB uh, who picked 17 on the nose. So good, very good nice. call, sir. That's a local uh, friend Abraham of Castillo, by the way, redeeming himself for his performance last time by, by yeah. coming in uh, just above the top middle of the pack, came in 11th. So well, well done, sir. Good comeback. Good comeback. Be- beating both the hosts in the process. Uh, so this, so what? What about this match made it better than we thought? Like, okay, we all called Fiend winning, and he did. He ended up just no selling at the end and killing Daniel Bryan, as we kind of eventually saw happening. How did these two guys get us and the audience in in the stadium? How did they get them invested in a match that they all thought they knew the outcome to? Um, I, d- I don't know. It, it, the interesting part of this for me is that it shouldn't have gone on this long. Like, if you look at, if you again, if you watch it again, go back, it, it's The Fiend basically whipping Daniel Bryan for 10 minutes. That, that's basically what this was. Uh, Daniel Bryan got some licks in on him, too. A lick but there was two. a but Daniel you Bryan know? is a masochist, and he did look like absolute hamburger after this match, stumbling down the ring ramp, like barely able to get out. Like great baby face, he still sold the shit out himself. of it. Oh well, I don't think it was all selling, Nick. <laughs> this was oh. a very brutal match. Yeah, uh, welts and blood, and it was it was pretty rough. It was yeah. about as as brutal as you get without having like full on, you know, someone getting busted open. Uh, so busted wide open, you mean? Uh, well, yeah, yes, yes. Copyright, trademark, hashtag. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I see. My opinion is they made this match work on pure will. Like they willed this crowd to get into this match. It was Daniel Bryan being one of the best baby faces in the world and using that talent to make the audience go, "Well, damn! Is could he actually do this? Like, is he gonna?" Like maybe tie the fiend down or something. Like we started actually believing because he did this. Daniel Bryan did the same damn thing he did in his Brock Lesnar match, which was come out and get his ass kicked for a good mm, third half of the match, and then find a way to start edging himself back into it, and had a bunch of hope spots where you go, oh, he might actually do this. And I'll be damned, but because these both these guys are such absolute amazing workers, it worked. It I thought it was worked. also interesting that they didn't use the red light for this match. Uh, what are your thoughts that was, on that? I saw you comment in the chat about it, and I wanted to call attention to that because it was the first time we haven't seen it in a while. since summer since he debuted at SummerSlam that I that we haven't seen the red light get used. Two things. One, Daniel Bryan's commented before that in the times he's used the red light, he I'm like he said he's he's not good in red light. His eyes. Um, you, may, you may remember he's had eye injuries before, oh, and apparently yeah. he's not good at seeing in that red light. He almost broke his neck at one point, um, slipping around on it. Mm. In it, the other rationale uh, beyond that is this is a strap match, and as you saw at the end of the match, they really focused in on the welts on Daniel Bryan's body and all yeah. the damage that had been done to him. You can't see that in red light. True. So. I think that the that enhance like you know honing in on the brutality of the match, the red lights would not have worked as as well. So probably more of the former, a bit of the latter. But I'm very glad they made this decision because it was, it's you know the red lights they've gotten better at it. So now we can actually you know see what's going on now. 
but uh, and people are getting a little bit more used to it. But it's still it's not entirely necessary. Yeah. So I, I just you know the, I one of our it. comments that we said at SummerSlam in his match with um, uh, was it Finn? I guess it was. Yeah. Was is does it take away from the mystique of the fiend to see him bathed in white light and just seeing him out there in all his glory, or is it better to have you know it be you know bathed in red light as, as just to keep some of that mystique or the mm. the character kind of attributes that come along with it? Is, I, I don't know. I like them both to be honest. Yeah. I, I'm at a point now where I feel like we've seen enough of the fiend that we're comfortable with it and we know what we're what we're gonna get. But I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I did kind of miss the red light a little bit. Well, but understand at this point also that WWE does not give a crap if it's inconsistent. Bray Wyatt has, and Daniel Bryan have been very good about keeping their characters consistent. They're both very protective of themselves and their characters. And they definitely want to have everything make sense and have a point. But at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to WWE, you know, well, why did they have the red light here and not there? It's not going to be anything to do with story. It's just this just practicality, I think, in this one. And because they have no problem with inconsistencies in storyline in general, um, if the two people here that are involved that you know usually are very protective of, of storyline and of their characters are willing to have an inconsistency like that, WWE is just going to shrug and be like, "All right, cool, yeah, whatever, no red light." You don't think Daniel Bryan so. like yelled to the back and went, "Kevin Dunn, you don't have to put on the red light." No, um, maybe I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Bryan covering police, I can yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No. no, no, not at all. Didn't happen. So you finally got another match right, Nick. You finally did pick the fiend. You're now at two points to my <laughs> to my five. But we're not done yet. We have we have two more matches on the no. show. Uh, we had Becky Lynch and Asuka. And uh, Nick, you also had some strong words for this one. I did for Becky Lynch and Asuka. I did. Uh, do you have that one queued up? I do. Oh, do you? Because I'm very curious to hear what you said about Becky Lynch Let, versus. Let's Asuka. remind the listeners here. Uh, maybe. You're, uh, Okay, I, I'm I'm about to end when Oscar so. when Oscar wins the title tomorrow night and Shayna wins the rumble, we'll talk Tuesday. Okay, we'll talk, buddy. Yeah, we are we talking now, Nick? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this. Okay, please. Um, I don't know what guy because I'm going to get based. I don't I'm know what based it by I, you in about about fifteen minutes or so. But I'm so we're, we're taking our time getting there though. The, the, yeah, the, I know. The, the fans are here. The, the listeners are here. They're chatting. They're having a good time. The, I don't know what got into my vape on Saturday, guys. But Jesus Christ, it was um, <laughs> something like something happened. And listen, I, I went back and listened to myself saying the things that I said. <laughs> And we're like, who is this guy? I I know who it is, and I know what mindset he was in because he had been writing all night uh, on uh, Friday night uh-huh, after. Uh-huh. So I wanted it. My head come. cooks up some heinous shit, <laughs> as you guys, especially you patrons, uh, have heard. And I there is there is something very, and I think I said it in on the show on Saturday as we got to the end of talking about it was, and I I, I repeated it earlier as well. I, I want there to be a future beyond for the women's division beyond Becky Charlotte Bailey Sasha I want there to be other talent that rises to the top and I want there to be an, an Oscar a Rhea Ripley a Bianca Belair uh, just, I want there to be a future beyond that and mm-hmm. I saw I see Shayna in that I see Oscar in that like if, if the four of them went away what would the women's division look like today and I think they need to prepare for that I think there, there's going to be a point where that transition or that 
sort of elegant handoff has to start happening. And I think that's what I got wrapped up in in my head. So not making excuses for the pick. Oh, no. But no, it's, no, just, it's more of like what I was thinking. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I have no idea what the hell you were thinking. I still have no idea what the hell you were thinking here. Yeah. Uh, this was inexplicable to me because it was pretty obvious that they were setting up Becky Lynch to have one final hurdle to finally being confident and being the man. Uh, and Oscar was that hurdle, and it was there was so much about this that I thought was was beautiful in terms of storytelling that you rarely see that in WWE, where a year ago at this very same event, Oscar tapped me out, and this is the one thing that's been messing with me ever since is I I haven't I'm not I can't be legitimate until I beat Oscar. I think so I even sent you up. a text before the Rumble because the commentary and the pre-show were going yeah. on and on and on and on about, about that. the one thing that Becky Lynch hasn't done yet. And I'm like, damn it! Nick, that's <laughs> all they were talking about for like a week, two weeks, three weeks before this. <sighs> you missed all of that. This was the story the entire <sighs> time. <sighs> that never stopped me. That was the story. It just finally got distilled down to like that one little clip. And that's when you saw at the beginning of the show and went, <gasps> Oh, damn. But yep. yes, let's talk about the match itself, which was, mm, how would you, okay, I thought it was a good match. How would you rate it versus Becky Asuka last year? Worse. Oh, okay. Last year was better. I mean, yes. I'll it, agree it, it wasn't that. a bad match. It was a, no. it was a Becky match. It was uh, some strikes here and there. And what's, what's concerning to me is that Asuka has all but completely stopped doing the Asuka lock. I'm not Which I'm not sure is associated with her, the face side of her character, being stronger and overcoming by submission, things like that. I, I liked this one because it was the first time we've seen someone outsmart the mist. And I thought th- this was probably the high spot of the match for me. Was, was, the finish. The, was the way that it finished where she kicked, the timing was just perfect, and Asuka got thrown back, and her head kicked back and as she was misting, and it went straight up in the air. Looks great. Beautiful, great. beautiful camera work and just perfectly timed and just it was fantastic. And Oscar got enough mist out there that her face was just splattered oh. with this green goo after the match. She looked like hell. It was a it was a beautiful looking finish. But there was also stuff in the middle of the match I really enjoyed too. Because Oscar, as you said, has been laying off the submissions and going for these kicks. And at one point, I mean she was laying into Becky, but then she gave her uh she gave her a German suplex and then a kick to the head. That looked, I mean, they played in slow-mo, and it looked fantastic. Yeah, it did. Even in slow-mo, it looked like she kicked Becky's head off to the point where I had to stop and be like, okay, is Becky selling, or is she genuinely concussed in this very big, important match right now? Oscar and kicks that was, hard, guys. And that was the story, though, was that she, yeah. you know, the ref was checking to see if she was out and almost called the match, and Becky had to will herself back. It ended up being storyline, and it was wonderful. Like I loved that call. Well, they the had to give time for Asuka to go off to the side and get her mist capsule. Uh, the ref actually fed it to her um, oh, at the end when they, were, when they were both down. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, I didn't spot yeah, yeah. that. Nice. Well, they, they, they cut to just up close on Becky, and the ref was over with Asuka. But right. does, neither here nor there. The, the bottom line is, is I thought last year was a better technical match. This was a better storyline match. In sure. terms of like, the story 100%. that they told, this was a fantastically done, fat, greatly done story. Uh, and the finish was wonderful. The the way you felt afterwards was great. You know, the evil heel was defeated, covered in her own evil, if you will. Great, good Ew. stuff, well executed. Mwah. Don't get that evil that it, on me. <laughs> <laughs> to say that it wasn't wasn't as good as last year is is tough because last uh, year's was such a good match. 
this was, I thought, a worthy follow-up to that match. If you watch those two matches back-to-back and all the promos in between, I I think that it was a great, like, you have a great story between Becky and Asuka here. Um, And they, they pulled it off. And it's, I love it when WWE is able to do that, tell a story over the course of a year, make it all make sense, and execute the finale of it. Well done. Very well done. Well done. You know, props where props are due. I just can't believe you picked Asuka to go on to face a face Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. What the hell, man? What the hell? I still think they could have done it with Charlotte winning and uh, Evil Kana, but you'd have to flip Charlotte yet again, which, which she's, was, yeah. it's fine. I mean, you could conceivably she's so tweener stat at the at this point it doesn't matter but anyway yeah okay all right nick it's that time it's that time i'm up in our in our personal pickums nick i'm up at this point six two and now it's time for the men's royal rumble at this point we were both just screwed in the patrons (laughs) pickums we were both dead in the water i was had i not had i not spent all of my pick, my number one picks, my eight points. If I had not spent on this match, I still wouldn't have come in first. That's how good our patrons are. That's how smart they are. At this point, they'd already whooped us. But even if I had won this, even if I had gotten this right, I couldn't have won at all. We'd have still had people beating us, Nick. Do you realize that's that's how that's how that's how competitive it was in the patrons' pickums? Like even if I had won this one, even if I'd picked this right, but no. Neither of us got, well, I got this wrong. You got this right. This is one of the few things you got right on the show, Nick, was yeah. the winner of this match. But we'll get to that because we need to talk about the fact this was the tale of two rumbles. This mm. was two separate matches in one match. And the first half of this was just meant to wind us up and piss us off. And it worked. God well, we, damn, we had did people it work. turn it in the chat, turning it off. Sorry, guys. I can't watch this I anymore. Can't. I'm done. This is off. This bullshit. Hashtag cancel culture showed uh, up and all this other oh stuff. Oh right? my god! People were, this, <laughs> and it was working because it went on for so long. And it's work, 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 work. Oh, it was, it was, it was a beautiful thing in hindsight because <laughs> at the time, at the time, oh, I don't even remember the Brock bit. Well, this is what it was. So Brock comes out number one, <laughs> and as he said he was going to, I'm going to march through everyone there is. And win the Royal Rumble. That's what Paul Heyman said. He said it was a spoiler, not a prediction, which is something that he has not ever lied about since before WrestleMania 30. That is something that he has held sacrosanct for five <sighs> years. <sighs> Hold on, Nick, because this is a momentous <sighs> occasion, as, as, as we will discuss. All right. So Brock comes out, and uh, number two is Elias, who comes, singing, comes out singing, saying, well, I'm the sacrificial lamb. I'm going to die because Brock's going to kill me. And he did not lie. Uh, Brock killed him. With his him. own guitar. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> and then the party was on. The Brock party was on. Uh, Eric Rowan out third, tossed immediately. Robert Roode out fourth, tossed immediately. John Morrison out fifth, tossed immediately. Welcome back, John. Right. No, no fun spot for you. After we were that, all excited about John Morrison coming back at the debut as his spots. surprise debut. Uh, yeah. I guess he got well, it. Good thing we brought him back and actually made him look good on SmackDown before doing this to him. Right. And then came number six and seven. Number six was Kofi Kingston. We all were like, is he going to get his back on Brock? The crowd actually popped for it. Kofi came out, and he he did. He stood toe-to-toe with Brock Lesnar. He didn't go out immediately. He was there all the – he lasted the whole two minutes with Brock Lesnar until Rey Mysterio came out. Someone else Brock has history with, and the audience started going, oh, uh uh-oh. 
is starting to build up. And then out came Kofi Kingston's buddy, Big E. Now we got three guys out there. Uh, then it was down to Big E and Kingston, and actually Brock had to do some work. He actually do, had to do some work on them, uh, but ultimately eliminated them all. <laughs> eliminated Big E and Kofi Kingston. We were, oh, okay, all right, here we go. It's back on again. Out came Cesaro. Out went Cesaro. Out, out came Shelton Benjamin. We had an interesting spot where it looked like Brock and Shelton might team up. Nice little bit of character moment, a little bit of differentiation between how Brock handled everybody. No, oh, no, turned on Shelton. Out went Shelton. Bye-bye, Shelton. Out came Shinsuke Nakamura. Hey, rematch from 2006. Everything that happened in New Japan. This could be a great, cool moment. Hey, let's have a little bit of callback to... Nope, out goes Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> okay. Out came at number 12, MVP. MVP is back. What? What a great... Dip. He's back. How exciting. Oh, no, out goes MVP. Okay, well, that... Mm, by MVP. And then, Nick... At number 13, lucky number 13, business picked up. Oh, yeah. And out came, Keith, out came Keith Lee, and Brock Lesnar's reaction was priceless. Oh, God. This, this is one of those moments where I think somebody said it already in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. They said uh, this was their moment of positivity because, Absolutely. pardon my French, uh, yep. for those of you. Cover, cover uh, your kids' ears. Brock looks over at Paul with a goes, "Who's this motherfucker?" <laughs> Brilliant, and and kudos again for the camera for catching that moment because yeah. that's gonna be a that's gonna be a gif that's gonna be a meme. We're gonna see that forever. Another Keith Lee gif. Yeah, another the, Keith Lee moment. <laughs> here is the, here's the great thing is that that also people need to understand about Brock. He keeps himself on top. He keeps himself being the guy that's gonna take out twelve guys in a row without thinking about it and bury all your favorite dudes. But when he wants to get a dude over, he can do it because of the cachet he's built up. When Brock sells your existence, as he did with Keith Lee here, that just, boom, that gave Keith Lee a big mark. And then they had a big man showdown in the, ma in the match itself. Keith Lee got in there, and Brock couldn't, he couldn't take him out. He, he, Keith Lee shoulder blocked him to the ground. And then it got better. And then out came your boy. Braun oh, I had and a small heart attack because I was just like, there's a lot of beef in there. <laughs> we had a lot of meat in that ring at this point. <laughs> Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, and Brock Lesnar. Oh. And it was, it was, this was a lot of fun at this point. So I put all my money on Brock running the gauntlet or some sort of shenanigans where he gets taken out through the middle rope. He's out for a little while and comes back in and wins it. Okay. Lol, Brock wins. Right. Was, was where I was going with this. And at this point, I was I was just having fun because I figured Brock was going to take a bunch of people out and then get taken out for a little bit himself, not eliminated, but just taken out. So I thought that's where we were heading at this point. Um, and sure enough, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman end up tussling with each other, and Brock uses the the uh, the moment to toss them both out. And Brock stands alone, having defeated two of the biggest guys who could possibly have taken him out. Um, and who should come up next? But Ricochet, little old Ricochet, who had some beef with Brock on last Monday Night Raw when Brock kicked him in the ghoulies and took him out. Um, Hashtag so karma. Ricochet ended up lasting for long enough for the next man to come out. At number 16, the second half of the Rumble begins, and out comes Drew McIntyre. Mm. I'm sitting here thinking, wow. It's awful early for Nick's pick to be coming out, man. It's a lot of Brock to have to get through at I'm this point. I'm not going to lie. I, I, was, I was sweating. I was expecting him uh -huh. to be like 23, 26. 
I believe your exact words in the chat were, oh, God damn it. Right. And I have to admit, I was feeling pretty good at this point. I was like, well, I guess Drew's going to get tossed too. Um, maybe Ricochet will distract him or something. Nah, it went a different way. Ricochet got a low blow off on Brock and Drew McIntyre claymored Brock over the top rope and to the floor and Brock Lesnar was eliminated by Drew McIntyre and it uh, all came uh, tumbling down. I, I may have lost my shit a little bit right there. <laughs> Did you see that crowd? Did you see that crowd when Brock was eliminated? The I did. I also saw Brock sitting out there with Paul, and Paul's face just, yep, just Paul, making Paul that selling mouth it wonderfully, just selling and, it wonderfully. But I was sitting uh, there going, "They're not going to leave. They're going to come back in. They're going to screw Drew out of this. Oh no, they're screw somebody out of this. Nah, they just left. They just left. And then Drew yeets Ricochet out of the ring like a like a rag doll, hucked that boy halfway into the fourth row, and uh, Drew McIntyre stands tall in the ring. Drew McIntyre's the only guy left in the ring. And now we're on to part two of the Royal Rumble. Good God. The part Nick. that matters. Uh, yeah. Well, that, listen, yes we've, no, never, that, we've never seen a Rumble like this. And, and I want to give it credit before we talk about anything else. Like, this is – think what you will about Brock Lesnar. Think what you will about his five-minute matches where he gets gassed. Think what you will about how we've all hated his championship reigns. This was a pretty damn special moment. He put it to and, work. And, and I don't know if anyone else could have pulled this off as well as he did with the vitriol that he gets yeah, to it's make it, it as, as big of a moment as, as he made it. So I, I want to give them credit. And Paul, Paul's, to Paul's credit, he helped build it up. Absolutely. Like I said, man, he spent, he spent a big coin on this. And not only that, but I, I forget what interview, who was talking about Brock, but they said that he's very, very concerned about perception. He's very, very concerned about what people think because he realizes how he can cash in on that. And that's exactly what he was doing here, was building this up, taking out a bunch of fan favorites, making it look hopeless again, right? Looked like it might be all of those Brock matches over the years one more time. We build you up, we crush your hopes. We build you up, we crush your hopes. And for that moment, when Drew McIntyre kicked him out of the ring, all of that tension that was built over those years, all the tension that was built over the half an hour before that in this Rumble, that was all released from the audience and from everyone watching this in this gigantic, oh my God, it happened! It was an amazing moment. And Ding even dong, I, the witch is dead. Witch, even witch, I was sitting there going like, well, I'm going to be eating a whole murder of crows for this for, uh, for <laughs> the rest of my life. I'm going to be eating shit for picking Brock and putting eight points on him. I know that. And yet I was going, yes, hell yes, awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Wonderful. Outside the context of the Pickums, I, I loved how this entire thing transitioned Same. and went Same. down. And like literally from this point forward, you almost completely forget, if you're not careful, how amazing the first half of it was. Well, and because the first half was there to set up the second half. And now we're in the point, now we're at the second half where it's anybody's game now. Yep. Brock's gone. It's anybody. And McIntyre's already out there, but we know we still have some big names coming in. We've got Corbin coming in. We've got Reigns coming in. Uh, we've got Seth coming in. There's a lot of dudes who are coming in who could win this. The people had picked to win this. And now, all of a sudden, it's wide open. This Rumble just got real hype. And it's all thanks to Brock Lesnar doing what he did and Paul Heyman and that yes. booking of this match. So then Drew McIntyre started to run 
people over. Uh, the Miz comes out. McIntyre takes him out. AJ Styles comes out. Dolph Ziggler comes out. Carl Anderson comes out. And it's just a big old, it's, it's, now it's a rumble. Now it's a rumble. We don't, like, everyone's back and forth. All kinds of shit is happening. And then, Nick, probably when I thought that the Brock Lesnar going out pop was huge, I was not ready for the pop for number 21. Because Edge returned. Oh my God! Ex drummer and I just I want to play that over and over again. I'm I, ah, I had to be quiet because Esther was winding down and she was in bed at this point, and I was just like, <laughs> they were <laughs> screaming they were through my hands. For, they were waiting through number number twenty one to come out, and they, it was about halfway through. You think you know me? And I was on my feet, screaming at the top of my lungs. And I stayed there for his entire entrance, which the camera guys botched. The guy in the truck botched because he kept cutting back and forth from the audience. Missed Edge's first spear back after nine years because he was cutting away to the crowd. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, but yeah, Edge came out, man. And he came out of that mist. And the very first thing was seeing his face and the emotions on his face. And... I can't even imagine his headspace. Mm. I can't even begin to imagine the emotions that he was feeling, let alone, I mean, you know, I definitely, I'm getting emotional not even talking about it. Well, we've now seen, they, they released uh, the footage from that camera, you know, outside Constant, of the, outside yes. of the, per- the program cut. We've now seen that soloed footage that the camera in the aisle had. Oh my God. Oh, what a screw up! First of all, for missing that moment. But that aside, just as a fan, holy, I can't imagine. We had several patron uh, listeners that were in the uh, in attendance, and just I can't imagine. You've I've watched it at least twenty times. Yeah, and that roar at you think you know me. We haven't heard that since AJ debuted. We haven't heard that since Hardy's came back at Mania three four yeah. years ago. I just. Oh, that lady, God, it that, makes me a fan all over again of wrestling. Yeah, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a pop. That is a pop. <laughs> we've forgotten what it, what a Stone Cold pop used to sound like, what a Dudley's pop used to sound like. Like We've forgotten these days what a real pop sounds like. That's what a real pop goddamn sounds like. If he had started crying, it looked like he was going to get emotional Dude. when he first came out. I would have just... <laughs> well, there, was people, there was people wiping away tears in the crowd. Like I had tears oh, God. in my eyes. Like, I, I, I just getting choked up talking about it just there. Like This was absolutely spectacular. For a man to be told he will never wrestle again, Oh. And then nine years later, nine years, Daniel Bryan was out for two years. Edge was out for nine years sitting on the shelf being told, you'll never do this thing that you love and live for ever again. And then to possibly have that, uh, that possibility happen. And then it happens. Like, uh, my God. And he came out and just, he, and it wasn't like he came out and had a cameo moment and left. He was in for the rest of the damn match, Nick. Yeah. He was into the end. He was spearing dudes right and left. Um, unfortunately, he speared AJ. AJ tried to sell a little weird. He came down his shoulder weird, and he got injured. Had to get taken out early. Um, but I mean, Edge got to Edge got to take out uh, AJ Styles, which he had to because Styles mm-hmm. got injured. He then got to, he had to take out. Uh, he got Gallows out, uh, and he also eliminated later on uh, somebody else. Let's talk about that because we had a reunion. Um, at uh, at number twenty five, Randy Orton came out, 
And we Rated had a reunion RKO. Of, Rated RKO. And there were some more feels <laughs> when these two guys were hugging each other and working together again in the ring. And then uh, Edge, of course, betrays Orton and tosses him out and was like, sorry, dude. Sorry. Uh, we're down to the final few. I had to get you out of here, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Orton was the third third from the end. So it was uh, Orton, Edge, Reigns, and McIntyre were the final four. And I think we both called our final four. And damn, we were wrong on this one. I think we got you got one right. I got zero right. In my okay. four. I think I said Reigns and McIntyre. I right. said McIntyre and Reigns. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I feel I feel less bad now. Yeah. Um. So some other so Edge amazing. Let's talk about a couple other things before we get to the, the end of this match here. Uh, King Corbin, uh, came out and we were worried that he was going to eliminate uh, Reigns. Now he got kicked. He got thrown out by McIntyre. McIntyre got all of that heel heat. He he soaked up Corbin's uh heat which is great. Matt Riddle came out for a hot second, got tossed surprisingly quickly by Baron Corbin. We have some news on that, though. We do, and we'll get to that. I yeah. think in our next show we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, the whole Matt Riddle situation. Uh, let's see who else. Roman Reigns came out 26, Kevin Owens 27, Aleister Black 28, Samoa Joe 29, Seth Rollins 30. Uh, the story from Monday Night Raw with Rollins, Owens, Joe, uh, that all continued in this match. Rollins came out. Instead of putting Buddy Murphy and AOP in the match, they had him just be ringside, which I thought, I thought was brilliant. It's basically yeah. having three extra guys in the match. And sure enough, they contributed to, the, to eliminating Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe. They all brawled to the back, which left Seth vulnerable in the ring. And Seth ended up uh, getting kicked out by McIntyre. Again, McIntyre soaking up some heel heat. So we're down to the final two. Orton uh, is eliminated by Edge. Edge is eliminated by Reigns in what... They made be very competitive and tried to put as little heat on Reigns as possible for doing it. Um, but yeah, they had to get Edge out somehow. Someone's going to get yeah. booed for kicking him out. But we're down to Reigns and McIntyre in the final. Again, we're, we're making the fans worry. Same thing we did with Nakamura. Was, okay, Reigns could easily win this. Lol Reigns wins. Or could be Drew McIntyre. Could be. And you know what? <laughs> it was. It was Drew freaking McIntyre. Drew McIntyre throws Roman Reigns out of this thing. Drew McIntyre is your I Royal I feel like I've Rumble been calling that since win. October. <laughs> we've been, we've, since last year, dude. Like, we can go, let's go back and listen to some of our old shows. Let's find that. Because yeah. we've been saying, I think WrestleMania last year, we were saying, uh, I think I said something uh, very clearly Drew's about. Drew's going to main event Mania Drew, next year. You Drew, know? I, and I just, I second guessed it because the, the build to this one threw me off, but. We, uh, here's the here's the thing, dude. I didn't see them with where he was on Raw. It seemed like such a stretch to to give him a coronation. But God damn it, Nick, what do we always say too? You can build a guy up in a matter of no time, especially if you keep them somewhat simmering on the side. And they've been keeping McIntyre simmering on the side for the last few months, ever since he turned face, whatever, a month and a half ago. Yeah. They've been keeping him simmering. Making him, making him fun. He's been having a nice, easy, breezy uh, kind of relationship with the fans. He's been exciting. He's gotten, you know, uh, very facey. And now, stopped, boom. Stopped with the hair. Uh, they stopped calling yeah. him the psycho, Scottish psychopath, yep. all that stuff. No, the, the total face it, it turn. It seemed like overnight match, they turned him. In this match, they feed him all of the big heels. They fed him Brock. They fed him Seth. They fed him Corbin. He, he fed off of all of that heel heat. And then when he won, and then there was that genuine emotion, the fans have watched him come up. They believe in him. This is not a Roman Reigns situation where they feel like he's being forced down their throat. They feel like, finally, this guy is our dude. And it was done so perfectly by WWE here 
of making all of us, me especially, fear that Brock Lesnar was going to be going to get it again and they were going to build up some bullshit Cain Velasquez match at WrestleMania right. or they were going to put it together later because we've dealt with years of that from them. Batista winning, Roman winning multiple times. Like, they have bungled the, Ro- the Royal Rumble so many years. Nakamura wins and then goes and has a bummer of a, of a feud with AJ. It's been bungled so many times. Why would we believe that they would finally get it right? Nick, they knocked it out of the damn park. Yeah. Out of the damn park. I, I was I was I was still very emotional over the edge return. I honestly didn't think it was gonna happen. And I think that was probably the intent was to tease us a little bit to get us to go, nah, ain't coming out. Only yeah. to have the emotion that much more exponential when it did actually happen. Is, uh, I was I was still very wound up over that that I didn't get to soak it in. But I've gone back. There's videos out there of bars in oh, Glasgow yeah. going ape shit. Uh, there's I mean you can look, go back and look at some of the video of McIntyre after the match and just some of his backstage interviews. I mean just phenomenal, absolutely it's, awesome. It's crazy when you actually book something properly how wonderful it is to see an audience and how easy it is to create video packages afterwards because with Roman Reigns winning the Rumble, they man, they had to do some really funky editing to make that look good. Drew McIntyre winning, they can take every angle, they can take anything that they want, they can take the actual crowd reactions, and it's all real. Yep. It's all real. People, people believe in this, people want this. Uh, when you know Tom Phillips on Monday Night Raw says, a standing ovation for Drew McIntyre, they don't have to say, like, oh, it's Bizarro World. Um, this is just a weird crowd. They're booing the guy that we want to be big. But it's, but it's okay. That's not how it actually is. No, no, no. Standing ovation for Drew McIntyre. You can say it because it's real. So what a relief. How fantastic. Nick, do you want to take a victory lap? Do you have, like, a clip of yourself uh, I, I, talking I about Drew winning here? I, I have a victory lap, and then we've got to talk about uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my, the my elephant of, in the room. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Here's me uh, talking about Drew. Who's my lunch? Men's Royal Rumble over here. Who do you have? This is this is where stuff's going to get interesting. Mm-hmm. As if it hasn't already. Men's Royal Rumble. Who in the world do you have winning this thing? Dominic. I'm kidding. Drew McIntyre. Man, I almost came through this TV screen at you. <laughs> uh, Drew McIntyre, for sure. Real for sure, for sure, for sure, full show. You have high confidence bets on that. I don't know yet. I have to see how. Uh, <laughs> we've only got eight <laughs> matches, so how are they breaks down? Like, what am I going to do with eight points? Like, I'm I'm already doing low confidence bets on at least three of those, and I'm just I going. It's going to be a bloodbath. Shit, I have to put points. Okay, I'm I'm pretty confident in my choice for Drew McIntyre. I am very low confidence on my Shayna Baszler pick. So there you go. And fair enough, man. You know what? Honestly, you were you were spot on about one damn thing, man. Was was this right here? This well, and the, the fiend, fiend too. You the know? fiend, and you also got Andrade, right? But uh, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a total wash. But hey, man, the hardest matches to pick are Rumble matches, and uh, you were completely confident in Drew McIntyre. Props to you, sir. I I regret not being skeptically optimistic. <laughs> I was I was pessimistic i'm sure let's get it over with let's let's hear what i had to say about uh All who right. i thought was gonna win this but now let's let's do this uh, let's do this let's do this let's do this oh god all right hurt. here we go here's ian uh on his uh, 
prophetic explanation of Brock winning the Royal Rumble, guys. All right. <laughs> Go for it, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I'm picking Brock Lesnar. And, and my reason for it is simple. I believe in Paul Heyman. And when a, a guy like Paul Heyman knows every word that leaves his mouth, he's made a, a whole lifetime off of working people, off of creating angles, creating booking, keeping kayfabe, keeping consistency. When he uses that line of his, that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler. It's always special. He doesn't use it when Brock loses. When Brock lost to Seth, when he, when any of those, he doesn't use it then. He only uses it when what he says comes true. And it's one of his little ways of working the crowd and tweaking them where they go, oh, yeah, Paul, sure, it's a spoiler. No, there's no way Brock's actually going to win this. But every time he uses it, it comes true, and it's actually a spoiler and not just him running his mouth. So uh, would, you like a, a, would you like a redirect? <laughs> not at all. I actually stand by everything I said there. Uh, going oh, into this, come on. it's true, and you know why? I didn't believe that Paul was going to spend that coin here. Everything I said was absolutely true, but he spent that here. He worked me here. I will give. Paul, I believe in Paul Heyman, and he worked me. And Paul, good job, buddy. You completely got me. I was completely bamboozled. I will completely admit to that. And also, not only that, but I was. I was. I knew how that sounded to the point where I, if I was going to go down. I was going to go down like the goddamn Titanic, all right? And when I went big, I was like, cool, if I'm going to say this and everyone's going to come at me, I'm either going to I'm going to win big or I'm going to lose big on this one. And unfortunately, I lost big. But you know what? They can't all be the immaculate reception. Sometimes you, you're, you're Russell Wilson and you throw the pick at the, at the goal line in the Super Bowl, okay? And that's what happened here was I went with, I went with what I thought was the case based on history and experience, and I got worked. And you know what, damn it? Drew McIntyre won the Royal Rumble. It was worth it. And Edge it came worth back. It. I would do Here, it again. Here's the funny part. I didn't even care. Yeah. Like like by like I was looking at the pickums and I'm like, all right. Edge is Edge came back. We got that back. moment that we've all been pining for. Uh, and Drew has finally been anointed to the status that we've been waiting for years for him to achieve. Uh, you know what was it? 2017, I think we went to see an NXT house show in Riverside when he was NXT champion, and like it's been like two, almost three years now, two and a half, three years since then, and we were just like pfft, rocket straps. He got injured, unfortunately, with his bicep or whatever. But man, what a road for Drew McIntyre. I mean, it, everything is clicking for that dude right now. Like if he is on the fast pace to becoming what Seth Rollins was eight nine months ago. Yeah. He's going to be the man. Well, let's let's talk about that because real quick, uh, because I definitely going to do some more of this on our next show. But yep. Drew McIntyre just got anointed. Yep, he's he's going to it looks like he's going to be the man. And let's compare him to Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. The Roman experiment went on for years and years and years, um, and people are finally coming around on him. But now I don't know if Vince is going to put put it all on him because he could get sick again tomorrow, and then Vince loses his whole you know his his man again. So he's going to be high on the car, but he's never going to be the guy. Seth Rollins was the guy, and his, the fact that his personality is so kind of stinky in real life meant he couldn't hold on to it. Yep. 
because he just couldn't help himself but just, you know, sound and feel like kind of a dick. And the fans turned on him. Uh, Drew McIntyre came in, was promised the company, uh, washed out, and went out and became a damn man. And came back, did his work, did his time, bided his time, did what they told him to do, and when the time was right, they said, okay, now you go. And we've been saying since he came back, he's a blue chipper. We saw him as the NXT champ and how comfortable he has become with that role of leader, of the guy who feels like he should be. He looks like a champ. He feels like a champ. Um, you can put him on any morning TV show. You will have the men in the audience respecting him and the women fawning over him. He is the total package. It's absolutely the right thing to do at the right time. I'm so yeah. glad they didn't. They did it. I was so pessimistic that they would give us Brock again, and I am so happy that I was so wrong, Nick. So happy I was. He so is wrong. the chosen one. He has ascended, and I. He is absolutely going to take yeah. that belt off of Brock Lesnar because if they don't do that, <laughs> if they don't follow through. It's going to be war, and not Raw's war. We it's going to be riot! War. Oh my God, it's going to be uh, it's going to be insanity. If you're if um, you're going to tell me Seth Rollins can beat Brock Lesnar, but uh, Drew McIntyre can't, can't, especially at this point, he's looking like such a beast on him. And the, yeah, so we'll there. Oh boy, what a rumble, dude! Um, One more we, shout out, real quick, before yes. we get out of here. Esme with the ten dollar tip in oh, the love, tip jar. You so much, sweetie, thank love you, you girl. Much. Thank you so much. That's awesome. She said Drew won the rumble, so let's celebrate. Damn right, absolutely. Damn right. Ian Ian has to eat a whole shit ton of crow for picking Brock, and I've never been so happy to eat so much Blackbird. Oh. So I got one more. By the way, speaking of eating crow, I did make a bet. Oh, in, in the uh, Facebook discussion group. Oh, um, you did too, actually, sir. But oh, uh, I know what this is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, in his promo, we've had a lot of we have a lot of our patrons who are cutting promos on people. In the Facebook discussion group, which I'm, I'm I love them. I love yes. some. I love these promos. But uh, one Bill Bill Stickler called us out and uh, said, "Let's let's put something on the line." If I he said, "If we win, we can get to make fun of him on the show. But if he wins, we have to sing his praises." So he beat us both. Okay, he beat us both. So <clears throat> Bill Stickler, you're a better man than me. Your pickums were better. You knew what you were doing. Oh, Bill Stickler, I'm so proud of you. I wish I could be you, but I'm not you, Bill Stickler. There you go. There's buddy. your new ringtone for you. Oh man, <laughs> I have a terrible singing voice. But uh, so if you so want me I, to, but I still did it. Uh, here, here's here's what I'll I'll do it as well, Bill. Uh. If you want me to record like your voicemail message in some kind of <laughs> crazy troll orc voice or something crazy, or I'll I'll do something fun voiceover for you black, like that. But that, uh, yeah, hopefully that's uh, good enough. We pay your dues, all kinds of stuff. Harmony and uh, look, I can play horns. That's about and drums. That's about it. I'm a drummer. We don't sing unless you're Don Henley and you have the gift of God or but, Phil Collins or Phil Collins. <laughs> or, the, but, or the guy, or the guy from the Doves. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, just, just keep going. Don't worry. Yeah. About all right. It. Never mind. <laughs> uh, where do you rank this? Let Let's Let's look at the meta here. What 
Look, it, it's been a long time since I've been over the moon this hyped about a top to bottom pay per view from WWE. I, you know, that wasn't an NXT takeover, frankly. Not even takeovers. Let's let's put this in rumbles, rumbles. Yeah. Okay. As, as, and let's take the as an entire show, and then as the Royal Rumble match itself, a women's match. Obviously, there's only been what three, so we can't really. It's hard to rate those. Uh, but I thought it was a really solid. It was one. easy, easily the best women's rumble, in my opinion. Uh, it was a really good one. Yeah, I had to have to go back and like remind myself about the last two. But um, we just did a question about the men's rumble, so I was thinking about those. So I, honestly, as a whole rumble show, it's got to be among the tops. But as just the men's Royal Rumble match, the match itself, I, I mean, recency bias. I'm trying to set it aside, but that's got to be top five, right? Yeah, like it's gotta be. I've been. I was thinking about some of the other matches, but like top to bottom, front to back, the only issue is just that that first half is a lot of guys getting tossed out, and it's only really effective if you don't know that Brock gets eliminated, like the shock of it. So it might not age well. I'll, I'll say that it might not age well because of having to then slog through that opening part. But I still think it's really. It's really entertaining from like a horror show standpoint. No, you know what that was, though? That was paying off the long-term fans that have been along for the ride for the last three to four years on this like Brock journey. We tried to get Reigns over. We ended up just falling back on Brock. And Brock now has the records and now has all the yeah. stuff. And we've been on this, oh, God, Brock again. Oh, we've been on I that train. Think, that was, the, yeah. to me, that was the payoff. Like That's the only way you're going to appreciate it is if you understand it and appreciate the strain and the struggle and the strife that we've the been last on the last two, three years. years. Yeah, That's kind of what I'm saying is like, you know, if you look back at some of the best Rumble matches, they hold up because you don't need to know all the storylines yeah. were going on at the time. It's just exciting to people see people come out, get their stuff in, and, and that's cool. This isn't going to be that. L going back and looking at it later, this isn't going to be that kind of Rumble. You're going to go back and look at it and be like, oh, man, they did so-and-so dirty. Oh, they did so-and-so dirty. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. this might not hold up to history. I'm curious to see if it does. But I'll, be, dude, between Edge's return, Drew McIntyre winning, um, you know, the Keith Lee face down with Brock Lesnar, like there was a bunch of stuff in this. I can say, as of right now, it's in my top five. It may fall off because of history, but right now, this is this is definitely one of the best Royal Rumbles I've ever seen. Agreed. Completely agree with that. You ended up winning six to three. Um, I took some chances. I was not expecting you to take that chance on Brock Lesnar. It ultimately bit us both in the ass. You're you're supposed to be the sane one. <laughs> I had a moment which, of insanity, which, which affords me the ability to be insane. Right. As no, I said, though, dude, even without that Brock pick, even if I had gotten that right, so many people were on their game in wow. this in this pay per view that like I still wouldn't have won it. Even if I had picked, if Brock had won it, I still wouldn't have. I still wouldn't have won the whole thing. I did the math on it. Yeah. So props to our patrons. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks for playing. If you're not a patron already, go sign up by WrestleMania. We're doing this again. It's a yeah. ton of fun. Nick, we got to crown a new champion. Yeah, we do. Yes, we have we to do. crown a, a, a new damn champion, and it was a close one. It came down to a tiebreaker. The top two, Will James and Chris White, both with 33 points. Uh, it came down to a tiebreaker. What, uh, it was who could call closer to the actual time of the Daniel Bryan Fiend match. It went 17-35, and with, the, uh, with 12 34 calling a 12-34, beating 1-2-3-4, which was cute. Yeah, I like that. Very cute. I like that. Well, it worked. Chris White. Chris White is your new and BWO new. 
patrons, Pickums champion. Uh, congratulations, congratulations to, Chris. So Chris White or Mr. Well White. Done. Well done. If you're indeed. a Reservoir Dogs fan. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So congratulations. You're going to have to face off uh, at WrestleMania. You're, you're the champ till WrestleMania and beyond if you are able to retain at WrestleMania. But you've got a few months to hold that title and hold it proudly because you certainly deserve it. Nick, what an what a crazy show. Oh my goodness. Um, I I am still I'm I'm sweating now. I was sweating after the show. I'm sweating now even talking about it, Nick. Uh, but I'm very excited to talk about the fallout from it, and we're going to be talking about that on our next show yep. right after this. Stick around, guys, because we're going to fire up a brand new stream. We're going to talk about the fallout of, from Royal Rumble that we saw last night on Monday Night Raw, as well as some other things that have been going on and some other news that you'll hear in the lightning round at the end. But thank you guys for tuning in for this big mega recap show of WWE's Ooh. Royal Rumble 2020. Welcome officially to the road to wrestlemania 36 it all begins here drew yes. mcintyre and charlotte flair are your royal rumble winners and we'll be main eventing wrestlemania Woo! i cannot wait to see what happens over the course of the next two to three months it's going to be insanity but guys make sure you're in the facebook group all the links and everything are over at BWOPodcast.com. We won't rattle through all of those. Thank you to all of the patrons that got in on the Pick'ems. Make sure you're in the Discord for the live chats throughout the week, and you'll find links to all of those in the description below if you're watching on YouTube or over at BWOPodcast.com. Like we said, stick around. Don't go anywhere. Refresh the page. We'll be right back with a brand-new live stream to go over Raw. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DataCenterDude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.